Welcome to episode 8 of the Online Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Devine. This week we'll be having a new news segment, a review of Ludagora.net, and a review of the browser-based game High Descent. Enjoy the show. Okay, well this is the new news segment that I wanted to add in this week, um, and a continuing segment for each week. Um, I'm hoping to keep it to about 15 minutes. Not too much news this week, um, but a little. So here we go. Um, Aide de Camp, which is a uh, a download program that allows you to play with other people uh, online, number of war games, uh, released Defending the Reich, on uh, a Jim Lunsford and Gregory Smith game. Uh, short description, Defending the Reich is an operational level simulation of the epic night struggle between RAF Bomber Command and the Luftwaffe Nachtjagdflieger night fighters during the critical period of 1943 to 1944. This new game is available from their website for 34.95. It allows head-to-head, single-player versus AI, internet, LAN, or play-by-email options. Uh, very good graphics. The requirements are relatively minor, though it does appear that you need to have Windows in order to play. The price of thirty-four ninety-five expires November first. The website is hpssims.com or hpssims.com, so you can check that out. FlexGames.com, which currently has two Reiner Knizia games, Lost Cities and Schoten Toten, is considering adding another game. The frontrunners are Lord of the Rings Confrontation, Balloon Cup, Odin's Ravens, and Citadels, but no word on which one they'll be developing. HexWar.com has updated their World War II XX game system. They added the Kirk's July and August historical scenarios, fixed some errors in the May and June Kirk's scenarios, improved map graphics, fixed some issues with the victory point calculation of dead units at the start of a game as Kampfgruben, improved some of the logic, and changed how stacks are displayed on a mouse over. Vassal. The Vassal engine has had a number of updates recently. Bonaparte at Marengo uh, on August 21st was updated and available. A Carcassonne plus all expansions module was added. Vino, the game of vineyards, is available for download. Vinci. The Rise and Fall of Civilizations, another new module available. On August 27th, Shifting Sands, by permission of Multiman Publishing, the Michael Ronella's CDG of the 1940-42 campaign in North Africa, with the inclusion of the Near East and East African theaters, this is a fast-moving game which gives tough choices to both sides. First version in mentions there may be tinkering with some of the scenario setups. On August 27th, End of an Iron Dream has been uploaded. 
all new custom graphics. Uh, oh, there was a version 1.1 that was uploaded the next day. So, uh, this is a very solid game that covers the last year of the war in Europe. Some more updated games. The following games have been updated to include a movement trail. SPQR, Samurai, Germania, Great Battles of Alexander, Navas de Tolosa, Conques of the Gaul. Uh, August 29th, Blood of Noble Men, The Battle for Alamo, March 6th, 1836. 2,000 Mexican soldiers attack 185 Texans. Originally published by Worthington Games. August 30th, the Musket and Pike series from GMT, new module, the Battle of Edge Hill, 1642. September 1st, Carcassonne, Hunters and Gatherers, including Scout, was made available. September 4th, Musket and Pike series by GMT, a new version of the Battle of Edge Hill was uploaded, new variant counters and setup. Mobby Web, M-A-B-I Web.com uh, Shadow of the Emperor in beta testing. Hey, it was posted by the site admin that he has a working version of In the Shadow of the Emperor. Uh, he needs help testing the game. So if you have a good knowledge of the game and you can play many moves per day on Mobby Web, go on their forums and respond to the thread is in the new section of their forums. Wargameroom.com has updated a few of their games. They updated Europe Engulfed to 7.7 on September 2nd, For the People to 2.1 on September 2nd, Twilight Struggle to 1.4 on September 2nd, the Dune emulator released a uh, minor bug fix to version 2.34 on August 27th. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. The URL is very long. BrainKing.com released some updates on their server. On action points improvement, the secret points algorithm has been modified in order to become more convenient to all users from all countries. Starting today, you can find them on many more pages than before, even on the blog site BrainKing.info, and their location can be slightly changed every day. Moreover, the earned points won't show up in your stats immediately. The process is delayed due to a new method of their calculation. Please read the action point page for details. First place, two years Brain Rook membership. Second to third place, one year Brain Rook membership. Fourth to fifth place, six months Brain Rook membership. Sixth to tenth place, 150 brains. 50 brains for all users from the top 50 places. One important point, who won a membership at the August Action Point Contest cannot win it again in September. Uh, the article site has been launched. According to the September action on Brain King, we have started to collect articles written by our user. I am pleased to announce the first two submissions have been posted. So you can go check out those articles. Free game bonus continues. Everyone who purchases any kind of paid membership on Brain King or renews the current one will receive one free game from this list. Crystal Cave Gold, Trick Ball, Fireman's Adventure, Rock and Roll 2004, Electric Eddie, Archimania, Archimedia 2, and Troll. 
free game bonus bonus. When the month is over, we will ballot one user who used the previous free game bonus, and he will receive one more free game, Jets and Guns or Undercroft. The game bonus is a result of our cooperation with 300AD.com and Rake in the Grass. These are small computer games, but uh, BrainKing.com is a board gaming site. The Diplomatic Pouch has released their Spring 2006 issue of The Zine. However much it seems like that would be many, many months ago. As with some publications, a spring issue takes a lot of time to get materials in. So there's a number of things. The Diplomatic Pouch is a website dedicated to playing diplomacy. And there's even a article called Three Sites, Three Useful Newish Sites for the Internet Diplomacy Player. So check out the zine at uh, their site, diplom.org, D-I-P-L-O-M.org. Okay, uh, zillionsofgames.com, or zillionsofgames.com, uh, is a website where a engine was created that allows a lot of very abstract games to be created easily. Uh a person has posted up Chinese chess this week as a new game there. Switching over to the browser-based game news, Zeldarex Online uh, at zeldarex.com has gone into round 8. It started on September 5th, and they've updated a few things. They've removed the bank and stock market security codes. Uh, security code is added to the uh, login page. They added more options in the contact page. Rules page now lights up when rules are changed. Max buttons added for troops in the training center. One-on-one game support added for new players. The build page no longer has tabs. Lowered how much troops are worth in battles. Lowered price on bank transfer research. Lowered armory upgrade and item prices. Uh, Increased agent experience required to fill satellite beacons to 500. Added some new research. Um, increased, increased troop capacity for vehicles, changed medical range from 200 to 400, added a, uh, you pick a race now when you start. Battles can no longer take place if attacker cannot break through defender's fortification. Um, one of the new researches is laboratory budget. The research will lower the research time of all research by up to 50%. The upgrade delays for the build page have been lowered. The attack interface has been modified to offer more detail and allow players to specify the number of vehicles they wish to attack with. This will allow everyone to attack easily and more efficiently. There are a number of other changes which you can check out at zeldarex.com. Cyberwars.com, cyber-wars.com, has added a wiki and added a new um, whole section on viruses, where you can create viruses and breed viruses together. It's very interesting, and in its testing stages, I suggest you take a look. Travian Server 2 is about to go up with version 3 uh, soon. I don't know if that was today or tomorrow. I haven't seen any activity. Bullfleet.com Universe 2 is now uh, has now been restarted. And Monster Bowl started a new season on August 28th. Urban-Rivals.com has added some new characters. 
I noticed this when I logged in, and Gary was a new Montana person. I'll read the post they have about this here. The sweet Feline and its voodoo magic comes to strengthen the girls of the Pussycats, whereas Samantha, queen of the advertisement, brings her range of product and her methods of fights to the uppers. In front of these strong women, Roots reacts by recruiting Yoki, a half-man and half-yeti. Far from this excitement, the Geist secretly brings into town Methane, their cleaner, stealthy, effective, and very imaginative, prey to not meet him. Gary, the fetishish thief, comes to lend assistance to the Montana, while Junta strengthens its safety with the very disturbing Diego. In order to face this ascent of the crime, Sentinel puts on duty Robin's latest invention, the frightening Z-Drone. In this world of violence, the Uluwatu asserts their difference. After a beauty contest, they selected the sexy Brazilian Gabriel who decided to bring happiness and heat in our hearts. All these characters are available now in the shop under the um, new arrivals or something like that. They also posted something where they'll, uh, about the next new characters showing up. Top members of Clint City creatine-enhanced sport elite gather to create the All-Stars clan and take control of the city. Other clans have no choice to but to be put on a diet and get in shape fast if they want to stay in the race. So it looks like there's going to be a new clan coming called the All-Stars that'll be sports figures. And that's all the news I have for this week. Hi, I'm Ed Greenwood, creator of the Forgotten Realms, and this is the Gaming Podcast Network. Hello, my name is Joe Peterson, and I am the Abstract Gamer. Join me at www.abstractgamer.com for intelligent discussion about abstract games that span the ages. I'll discuss games such as the oldest known game, Senate, the most played board game in the world, Shang-Chi, classic games from the West such as chess, as well as soon-to-be classics such as GIF. If you are interested in learning more about the beauty and wonder of abstract strategy games, surf over to www.abstractgamer.com. Okay, the online board gaming site I'd like to talk about this week is Ludagora.net. Ludagora.net is a French site that has a couple games available that are quite interesting. Their online board games are Medina, Livre and Torture, I think that's how you say it, but it's uh, Hare and Tortoise, Dirch de Wuste, which is Through the Desert, Vinci and Confarnum. They also have two puzzle-type games, Set and Crazy Circus, or uh, Mincano, I think it's also known as. So, the interface is a play-by-email interface. So, you need to register and give them your uh, email address. For those that don't know French, uh, I'll tell you that Inscription or at least that's what it looks like in English, is how you register. Uh, it'll ask for a username and a password, and confirm the password, email, and so on. Uh, not necessarily the easiest, because it is not in English. There is nothing on the site that that is in uh, English that I saw. So you just have to kind of get used to the fact that it is in French. Um, and 
it's not that hard to get by the French. Once you get into the games, there's not much in the way of French. Um, and in fact, uh, some of the games, I think, have some English in them. If I remember correctly, when I was playing Vinci, uh, the descriptions of the uh, ability cards for the Civilization are in English. So uh, I think they do have some language files in them. So it's useful to actually uh, select the correct language when you register. There's an option for Francais or Anglais or, I believe, also German. Yes, I'm just checking Vinci right now, and I noticed that the pop-ups are in English. So they did try to do a little bit of a translation. So that is useful. Um... And each game, uh, to get into them, you there's a login in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. Most of the games seem to be kind of exclusive. Unlike the Spiel by Web, where you click on a Your Games, uh, in this one you click on each individual game to see um, where you're at in that game and what open games you have and whatnot. Currently I'm playing in five Vinci games, two Hare and Tortoise games, one uh, Through the Desert game, and two Medina games. And I have to click on the links. I'm also in a Confarnum game, but um, you have to click on the links uh, up at the top to go to each game to see each one. You also get an email that'll take you right to it. Uh, if you're not logged in, there's a login in the upper right-hand part of the screen that you can put your login and password in and get in. As for the, um, um, so the interface is pretty much that. It'll send you an email when it's your turn, or uh, as you click on the links, your name will be in bold, and uh, that indicates you need to play your turn. To get into each one of the games, you click the game number and get in. Uh, if you've already started a game to get into a game uh, it's actually quite simple to just click on an open game and click the button that says rejoin dairy well at least that's what it looks like in English uh, again I don't speak French you can also create a game again uh, relatively simple number of players uh, they ask that you put a game frequency so people know how often they should be playing I don't think many people are following that because I've had a very often, too often, I can't count them, which means that uh, that they want a fast game that's been sitting for a week. Uh, there's something called trust level, and I'm not sure what that means. I don't even know if it's been put in. An anonymity, which... Uh, I think doesn't show doesn't let people email other people. Uh, in the case of Vinci, there are some variant maps, so there are some options, and you can set a password on games so you can make them private if you want to. So, uh, just one of those things that you can take care of. And you and it shows the games not yet started. It shows the games that have been started. Uh, if you're the uh, person who started a game 
or uh, created the game, you can be the one to start the game. You set the number of players, and it doesn't start until uh, that number of players has been met. Again, unlike Spiel by Web, where you can kind of be nebulous and say, oh, you know, I want five players, but if you've had four for a couple days, you, you can start anyways. I haven't noticed that you can do that in... Uh, in Ludagora, but I haven't really had a problem with getting enough players to play a game. Uh, there's uh, so a forum message board for each game, and uh, a global one for the entire Ludagora that you can post on. Most of the posts are in French. So I'm going to briefly go over the interface for each one of the games. And I'll start with Vinci. The Vinci interface uh, is very nice. It shows you the map on the left-hand side, the civilizations across the top. Uh, the scan of the board is very uh, high resolution, as are the scan of each one of the chits. Uh, they look like actual scans from the game itself. Uh, your active civilization and declining civilizations are shown on the right as well as your score. There are little boxes with numbers in them to indicate where your troops are on the field. And a what they call a little forum where you can write comments back and forth that only players of the game will see. Underneath the map board is a event log that shows you what has happened on each turn of... It doesn't show you play-by-play uh, -play play, like you took this province and then you took this province and you took this province. It basically says you took a new civilization, you declined a civilization, you scored so many points, you attacked another player, or you completed your turn. This is what I'm seeing right now. So uh, that's that's noticeable. Uh, I'm also noticing as I look at this one game, I own half the board. <laughs> but I'm not winning. I don't have the most points because I had some pretty crappy civilizations. But uh, that's uh, the, when you start the game, you click on a civilization you want to take. Uh, when you want to take your turn, you click on the space on the board to, to start your army. Remember, you know, from a coastal or from an off the board. Then... Once you've done that, and, and you click the attack button to attack into that area, then you tell it from which province you're coming from to which province. It'll show you, it'll calculate how many uh, armies you need. If you have enough, you can click the attack button and, and go on. If you don't have enough, it'll give you a message saying you don't have enough armies. Uh, once you're done, there's a next button that'll take you uh, to redistributing your armies. And then you end your turn, and it'll tell me, I tell you how many points you scored. There is a, uh, it looks like a recycle arrow, and I think that's how you undo your turn to start again at the beginning of the turn if you screw up horribly. And then there's a little back arrow, and that takes you back to the game's screen uh, for Vinci. So once you're done, you go back there and see if any of your other games you need to take care of. Uh, next, I'm going to take a look at Medina. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention uh, about 
Vinci. Uh, I, I had some feedback that mentioned that I don't really talk much about the games themselves. I seem not to know about the games. I know about the games. It's just... Um, uh, in reviewing the online board gaming sites, I don't really mention uh, the rules of the game or what the game entails because I'm I'm really not that interested in in that. I, I'm more interested in conveying to you what the what the online adaptation uh, plays like, whether it plays close to the the board game or not. But uh, just really quickly, Vinci was designed by Philip Kayarts and published by Descartes. Uh, And it's just a civilization building game where you have a civilization that has some special powers and you place cubes on the board in different provinces trying to score the most points based upon your bonuses that your civilization gives you. Okay, the next game is Medina. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Medina. We have a city in Ohio that's spelled the same way, and we call it Medina, but I'm pretty sure it's Medina. Uh, Medina was designed by Stephen Dora. It was published by Hansen Gluck and a bunch of others, but also was brought to the United States by Rio Grande. It is a city-building tile-laying game. Uh, as one person said, they could have been the fifth title in the Reiner Knizza tile laying trilogy, except it's not by Reiner Knizza. It actually uh, seems a bit like a Reiner Knizza game, but again, no offense to Stephen Thora, it's it's not. It's his design. Uh, what you do in the game is you place down. Um, uh, I think they're called palaces or palace parts or something like that and as you place each one down uh, each part of the building you can add to you can add to anybody's that anybody has put down and you, you put down two pieces a turn and you can also claim a building uh, one of each color you can claim one of each color and you can also have stables attached, or you can have walls on the outside. If you own the largest of a particular color, you get a bonus, and that's how you score points. The adaptation of the game through Ludagora is pretty simple. You click on a part uh, or a, a spot on the board, and then you click a radio button next to the piece you want to place and then you click uh, the OK button and it will place the piece. You can uh, you can see the bonus track. It's down the left hand side. It shows you who has the largest of each of the colors. It shows you who has um, the, the, the most walls and some of the other bonuses. So, for example, I connected to the two wall, so I'm getting the two wall bonus. Uh, in one of the games I'm playing, the largest city is owned by the red player. 
Oh, the l largest gray is owned by the red player. The largest black and brown, or brown and orange, is owned by the green player. And it's very easy to see who's got what bonuses. And of course, uh, as I'm watching this game, this was the first one, first game I had never actually played the board game version of Medina, so uh, I'm kind of getting schooled. Um, in other words, I'm I'm not doing too well. So. That's that's what I'm doing there, and that's Medina. It's 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 relatively simple. Like I said, radio buttons. Click click the part on the board. Click OK. Uh, if you haven't clicked on any part of the board, it'll tell you um, in French that you didn't click on any part of the board. Okay. Uh, next game I want to go over is Hare and Tortoise. Now, Hare and Tortoise, as I remember it, Heron Tortoise, or Heron Hedgehog, as it's sometimes mentioned, was the first winner of the Spiel der Jahres Award. Um, it's been published by Abacus, Ravensburger, Rio Grande. Um, many companies have made it. Uh, I'm not entirely sure uh, which copy of the board is being used in the version they have on Ludogora. I, I believe it's Le Livre and La Tortue, um, the French version. The board is all numbers and uh, symbols anyways. There are a few things that say carrots or salad or something like that. So it does appear to be a, uh, an English version of the board, a start, a finish, tortoise, banner, and stuff. But the basics of the game is you need to uh, use your carrots to advance around the board. And by landing on different spaces, depending on whether, if it's a number space, if you're in that place at the end of the turn, then you get extra carrots. If you land on carrots, you get carrots. If you land on tortoise, uh, just different options depending on where you land. Essentially, uh, the online adaptation is very simple. You click the space you want to go to. It'll tell you how many carrots it costs to go to that space. And then you click the OK button. And that's actually all you need to do. It will calculate whether or not you ended up in the right space and give you your carrots. And then play continues. I've noticed that it, Hare and Tortoise doesn't seem to be the most popular game on Ludicora. Turns don't go very fast. I think I might try to get into one of the private games just so we can have a game uh, that I that I finished. I've had a, a Vinci game in, but no um, no Hare and Tortoise and no Medina game ha has ended yet. And I've been playing for about... Uh, about a week already. So, 
I am kind of surprised that uh, I, I haven't completed more games. After I played a week at Spiel by Web, I had completed uh, two games of Amon Ray, two games of Tikal, so... Okay. Next game is Dirch de Wusti, or as most people know it, Through the Desert over here. Through the Desert is a Reiner Knizia design. Uh, and it was put out uh, by F- uh, Cosmos and then adapted in the United States by Fantasy Flight Games, or they're the most recent that has published it. Most people know... Um, through the desert by the pastel camels. <laughs> there are little camel pieces with riders in the game, and they're pastels. Uh, that's the color system that they had picked, which is uh, kind of interesting. So, what you do in the game is you lay your camels in a line, depending on their color. Uh, you match up their color, and you're trying to get to oasis tokens and other things like that that score points, and then having the longest uh, route and and other things of that nature. It's listed under the category of abstract strategy, uh, which I guess it pretty much is, because you're laying camels in a row to get to oasis. There isn't much in the way of theme. Uh, Pretty much the online adaptation is... Uh, has a hex board that's a nice scan and the little pastel camels with the little riders on them. And you click the color you want to play and it tells you where you can play it on the board. You place it down. Then you click another camel, place it on the board, and then the next player takes their turn. It's altogether rather simple game to get going. It automatically blocks off the board depending on your number of players. So that's uh, Dirch de Wusti or Through the Desert. There's also Kafarnum. Kafarnum is a game by Asmodee which means it's it is a uh, French game that I had never seen before. I'd never even heard of it. I'd heard of some of the other games, but I had never heard of Kafarnum. And Kafarnum has, in fact, not been released in the United States, which is probably why I haven't heard of it. Um... It is essentially a game where there are two to six children living in a house, and they leave their toys everywhere. And the parents are following them up, trying to make them clean up their toys. And the object is to be the first one to rid yourself of all of your toy tokens. Um, But each player also moves the adults with the aim of annoying the other children. Uh, so it is kind of interesting. Uh, since I've never really played the board game version, it's hard to say how well the adaptation online is. I'm, I'm having a little bit of difficulty understanding 
the game, even the rules I had gotten, were a bit unclear on exactly how the game works. So far, all I know you could do is play a movement token for your for your person, and then play a movement token for one of the adults. But I haven't figured out... What I haven't figured out is h- how that affects where you drop your toys. Uh, right now, there are two players that need to drop one more toy. I need to drop 12. I think I keep picking up toys or something. So I am quite confused over what I'm supposed to be doing. So, And how each one of the, uh, the parents moves or the kids move. I- I'm not entirely sure, because there's no way to actually move your character. You just select a movement token, and they seem to just automatically move. Um, so, uh, I'll have to play that a couple more times and get back to you on how how that actually works. Okay. We're running over 20 minutes now. Uh, I'm going to quickly go uh, with Set and Crazy Circus. These are kind of puzzle games. Crazy Circus is a game where you select different commands to give to animals to get them from one stack to look like another stack. And Set is an old game most people know. Uh, Their online version isn't much different than most of the other ones I've seen. Uh, one of the other things I'll mention is the Ludagora site has a number of advertisements that are on their site, uh, probably to help uh, offset the costs of their site. So you'll have a few advertisements here and there, but they're not very obtrusive. Only one of them's animated that I noticed, and uh, you can pretty much ignore that. Uh, Ludogor is the only place I've seen where you can play uh, Medina, Through the Desert, Capharnum, and Heron Tortoise. I've seen other Vinci sites, though the one on Ludogor I think is one of the best, uh, if not the best, place to play Vinci. Right now I'm playing in uh, five games, and I've got three more I'm waiting for. I'm, I'm interested in their additional maps that I didn't notice before, but I'll check out. So... I I suggest if you're interested in any of those games, or uh, if you want to try them out, if you've never played them before, as I had not played Medina or Capharnum, go to Ludagora.net and uh, click on the inscription link and sign up. This podcast is proudly listed at the best podcasting directory on the internet, podcastpickle.com. We now return you to your regularly scheduled download, already in progress. Hello, this is Kevin Devine from the Online Gaming Podcast. When I need the latest in board gaming news, I turn to boardgamenews.com. Editor-in-Chief Rick Thornquist and his team of intrepid reporters have all the latest board game news, views, and reviews. So if you need news on the latest in the board gaming world, check out BoardGameNews.com. Okay, this week I've decided to do another uh, browser-based game review, and this review is of High Descent which is at highdescent.com. 
Let me read you the description from the front page of their website. You are a 12th century nobleman, and you have control of a small army of mercenaries. There are other noblemen who would love to see you fall, thereby having your power and land distributed amongst them. Fight with courage and honor as you defend yourself and those who follow you. After you register, you'll notice that there are... Well, there are three servers, but two will be open to you, and that's Wiltshire and Yorkshire. There's also a Tier 2 development server that's only available to those that uh, were in the top 50% of one of uh, the other two servers, of the Tier 1 servers. Yorkshire is the endurance server. Uh, Seasons last three months. And Wiltshire is the short server, six weeks uh, for a season. The point of the game is to get to the highest nobility rank. You score nobility points, which eventually get you to the next nobility rank by attacking other players. In order to attack other players, you need to hire mercenaries. Uh, mercenaries uh, have... There, there are many different kinds of mercenaries, which I will get to. When you go up in nobility rank, you can... Uh, you can allocate two nobility points each time you go up in rank. And what those nobility points allow you to buy is additional mercenary slots. Initially, you start with, I think, only one mercenary slot. Mercenary buy level, you start at level zero, and each point gives you one buy level. And there are better mercenaries available at each interval of five, five, ten, fifteen. You can increase your daily salary at each server reset, not as, you know, resetting the season, but as midnight or something uh, goes by, you'll get more money. Money is used to buy equipment, which I will get to. And you can also use your nobility points to increase your daily attacks. Uh, Most of these cost one point at the beginning. As they get higher, they'll start to cost more points. In some cases, getting up to costing three or four points, which means you may not be able to increase that particular stat until you've gained another level. On the house screen, which is the first screen you're presented after you log in, you can see your nobility rank, your mercenary slots, your mercenary buy level, your daily salary, your daily attacks, how much gold you have. Uh, You'll also see your placement or rank and your battle statistics in a win-loss stalemate, both for attacking and defending. And there'll be a menu across the top that allows you to get to the other screens. The screens on the, the graphical menu are house, armory, Mercenaries, Spy, Arena, Battleground, Blacksmith, Merchant, and Town Hall. And I'll go over each one of those individually. I've explained House. The Armory is where your weapons are stored when they're not equipped by your mercenaries. If you just bought weapons, they'll be in your Armory. If you replaced weapons or armor on your mercenaries, they'll be stored in your Armory. Your Armory can store... 15 items before it needs to uh, be cleared in some way. You can uh, sell them through the merchant, which I'll get to. Next screen is mercenaries. This is a list of all of your mercenaries. It gives you their name, 
their level and what type they are. Uh, you you can also rename them your mercenaries at that point at this point, and it shows in little icons. What items they have equipped. If you click on those little icons, it'll unequip the item and put it in the armory. You can also hire a mercenary from this screen, and it will only show you mercenaries that are in your buy level. You can have it show you uh, mercenaries that you can't buy just if you want to look at them, but you can't buy them until your mercenary buy level equals or exceeds um, their mercenary level. The next screen is the the spy screen and I'm going to get that to that later as it's an add-on that costs real money. Uh, the next screen, the arena. In the arena you can bet on jousting matches to make money. I'm really unclear about how that works. I was playing around with it and I don't know if there's a way to predict who who's gonna win or not so I don't really mess around with the jousting, but it's an interesting concept. The other part is the gladiator matches. Uh, you can pit one of your mercenaries against uh, wolves or uh, big cats or uh, pachyderms or uh, bears and earn experience if they win. Or It's, it's kind of a testing ground to see uh, what areas of improvement need to happen with your mercenaries, and they can gain experience as well. I usually send some of my lower level melee characters into the arena so they can maybe gain a level before I go to the battlegrounds. And you can do seven battles in the gladiatory pit a day, and there's no way to make that go up. The next one's the battlegrounds. Uh, Battlegrounds will allow you to attack an individual uh, a, a player, another player, or you can just list players of a certain level range. Uh, I usually pick um, uh, the, the starting maybe one level below or my equal to my level and fight uh, each each day uh, up to my maximum. Right now on the servers I have eight or nine daily attacks, so I, I take care of that. If you skip a day, you will save up to your daily attacks uh, to do from yesterday. If you skip two days, you don't build up. You just get however many you had from yesterday. So it is possible, uh, f for example, for weekends to lose uh, some of your daily attacks. But at least there's a little bit there for if you can't play every day. And once you attack somebody, what you will see is the battle results. And it goes on a play-by-play -play, uh, battle results. Uh, whoever has the highest speed will go first and do an attack. If they miss, there's a possibility of a counterattack, depending on uh, different attributes of your mercenaries, which uh, I'll get to in a second when I talk about uh, the mercenaries uh, individually. So, and and then you'll see which ones die, and at the very end you'll see uh, some statistics about the battle, how much experience each one of your mercenaries gets, how many nobility points you get, how much gold you get, 
who had the most kills, who who had the most damage, who had the best critical hit, who had the best counter. Uh, and a lot of those can be useful if you are a number cruncher or really like looking at statistics to see uh, you know, which, which one of your characters is doing really well. The next screen is the blacksmith. The blacksmith will be pretty popular near the beginning of a season, uh, but it, it kind of gets... Uh, replace with the merchants for buying of equipment. At the blacksmith, you can buy armor or weapons, and you select uh, what level, uh, maximum level for the armor or weapon, and then what type of weapon or armor, and it'll show you a list, and there are checkboxes, and you can quickly buy armor or weapons there for your characters, remembering that your armory has a limit, so you can't necessarily buy a whole bunch for a whole bunch of mercenaries. So you may have to go to the blacksmith, buy some, go to the armory, equip it, go back to the blacksmith, and buy more. There is, again, an add-on that makes this easier, which I'll get to when I talk about the add-ons. There's also the enhanced armor or enhanced weapons in the blacksmith area, and this is where you will be going later on in the game. And what this allows you to do is to put enhancements on weapons. And armor weapons can be enhanced for uh, their defense effect, and weapons can be enhanced for their damage effect. And every enhancement put on each weapon will increase the damage by one point. Every enhancement on armor will increase the defense by one point. And these enhancements don't cost too much money. Uh, I think all of my armor has at least five enhancements, possibly ten, on each piece of armor, which is pretty high considering I think they wear five or six pieces of armor for each character. So if you think there's 10 on 6 pieces of armor, that's an increase of 60 to your defense, which is pretty good. And increasing your damage, I think most of mine are up to around 20 or 25 on some of the damages. That's actually pretty significant uh, for the damage. The maximum damage I've seen in, in, in a lot of fights has been somewhere around five, 600 damage, though somebody who plays the game might tell me differently. Then there's the town hall, that's the forums, so uh, you can post there. There's global ones and then server-specific. I want to go back and talk a little bit about the mercenaries. I didn't talk too much about some of the different statistics and the different types of mercenaries there are. There are uh, a number of different mercenaries, and they have uh, advantages over others. There are mounted mercenaries, there are archers, and those are kind of separate categories. If you are attacking somebody and they have no mounted and you have mounted, the mounted characters will go right after the archers. If they have no melee, your melee guys will go right after the archers and then go after the mounted. So it's very important to have mounted and melee to protect the archers. The archers are generally going to be some of your best offensive weapons because there's no counterattacks against ranged attacks. Then there are seven, six, sorry, six different types of melee. Swordsmen, whipmen, axemen, knifemen, and rogues, and, and stavesmen, sorry. Did, did I mention that? Uh, I can't remember. Um... 
and they have an advantage over each other. Stavesmen have an advantage over swordsmen, which have an advantage over whipmen, which have an advantage over axemen, which have an advantage over knifemen, which have an advantage over rogues, which have an advantage over stavesmen. So it's important to have a good mix. You don't want all axemen or somebody who has whipmen will destroy you uh, if they have any... if they've allocated their points correctly. So, just something to keep in mind. As for the mercenaries themselves, they each have a number of statistics. And those statistics are hit points, damage, defense, accuracy, agility, and speed. Each time they gain a level, they'll be giving four allocation points that they can use to increase these stats. And depending on the type of character and the the mercenary by level of that character is how uh, much each one of those attributes will be raised by uh, giving it one allocation point. For example, um, a a knifeman mercenary class, their agility might go up uh, by one point four per allocation point. So if you allocate all four to that, then it'll go up 5.6 points. I'm not sure if that's exactly right, but you get the example. So that's useful, and then the equipment will modify these further. Uh, Hit points is kind of obvious. That's how much damage they can take. Damage is how much damage they will deal. Defense is how easy it is for them to be hit. Um... Accuracy is basically your two-hit. If your accuracy um, isn't high enough, you will constantly miss or their armor will absorb the blow or something like that, in which case you'll, you'll never damage your opponent because you'll never hit them. Your agility is used when you do counterattacks. If someone attacks you and misses, your agility is your ability to counter that attack. And your speed is the number of times that you attack. In the beginning of the game, it has been suggested that you create a melee character with high agility and very low speed. And this is because the heavy armor lowers your speed. And it's easier to counterattack an opponent than raise your accuracy and speed and and stuff uh, to, to compensate for the armor's loss of speed. For example, one of my characters has a minus 15 to speed based on armor alone. But his agility is a 63. Now that's not extremely high, but it's not bad. Meaning that most of the time, if he's attacked and missed, which his defense is 241 with all that armor is semi-often, and he counterattacks and and can hurt the opponent. I want to get on to the add-ons before we run too far over time. There are a number of add-ons that you can buy for High Descent. These include the Spy feature that I uh, mentioned earlier. The Spy feature allows you to... uh, emulate a battle. It'll sh- it'll essentially tell you how many lines of battle will uh, 
will take. And this will let you determine whether or not you want to attack certain people. It's a lot more useful at the higher levels where there aren't so many people to attack. So you know, is this an okay person to attack? Will I lose? If it's a lot of lines, you might be worried and go, I don't know if I want to attack. Some of the other ones, you can buy gold, which, in all honesty, I haven't really seen a necessity for that, though the enhancements can get pretty expensive. You're generally buying new weapons and armor pretty fast in the game. Um, because, in addition to being able to buy and sell at the merchant your weapons and armor you can also buy mercenaries and sell your mercenaries at the merchant so there's a lot of turnover um, for a long period of time in the game and the gold if you raise your daily salary level even a little I think you'll have enough gold to to handle it some of the other add-ons, extra idle time. If uh, right now, if you don't play for 10 days, your account is deleted. If you purchase the add-on, you can hold your account for 50 days, and it's seven dollars and fifty cents uh, U.S. dollars. Uh, miscellaneous package: colors in your scrolls and board posts, board and scroll signatures. When someone attacks you, they will see a different message of yours depending on if you win, lose, or stalemate. A way better profile showing your instant messenger names, personal information, and tons more. Again, 750. Extra space add-on increases your messenger capacity from 20 to 40 scrolls. Increases your capacity in your registry from 30 to 50 nobles. Your registry is a list of nobles that you either want to attack or want to keep track of. Recent happenings increases the capacity from 15 to 30, and the armory increases capacity from 15 to 40 items. And that's 750. Account rename. This allows you to rename your nobleman once. It's $3. Board assist. This add-on is a page with lists all the board topics that you've posted and those that you've replied to. It also lets you know which ones have been updated since you last posted. Board assist makes it easy to track topics that have fallen off the main board page and lets you keep up to date in all topics of interest. There has also been a feature added which allows you to search for a keyword throughout the boards. And this is a $3 one-time cost. And then a battle log add-on. The battle log add-on saves up to 10 defensive battles so that you can view them when you come on to the game. It also allows you the option of saving your attacks for future viewing. I'm going to quickly sum up my play experience with the game. I really like uh, High Descent. It has enough different elements. I like the fact that you have a nobleman who is gaining levels as well as a bunch of mercenaries gaining levels. And they each gain levels at di different speeds. I do find it a little bit uh, better to come in a little later on the server so that the merchant actually has things to sell to you because the merchant is the uh, is the marketplace there's nothing there if nobody has sold anything to them so you're buying things that other people sold and it's especially true for the mercenaries right now on I think it's Yorkshire, I have a level 30 character that somebody had sold to the merchant and I picked up. I'm sure they, they bought a higher level or higher buy level character. 
and that's why they dumped the, that level 30. But for me, that was really useful, and so I really enjoy uh, the interaction. There's not a lot of things you have to think about, uh, not too many decisions. I did read a primer before I started playing talking about you know, get an archer, get a melee, get a mounted, um, get your archer, max out their damage and their accuracy. That's all you put points in. Don't put points in anything else. Get a melee character, just increase their agility, 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 put them in the biggest armor, and then get them mounted, get them some hit points, get them some agility, and 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 get that up. Uh, I'm doing much better on the Yorkshire server, but I think that has a little bit to do with a glitch that happened in their last version, uh, last season, well, it's the current season now, where everybody's allocation for hit points is, I think, four times as much as it should be. So you have characters with thousands of hit points, whereas over on the Wiltshire server, uh, my melee characters uh, have about 100 hit points each, though they can hold their own because of high defense and agility and, and the like. But I really suggest you you try out High Descent. I found it very nice. The graphical interface is very good. Um, it's not as fast as the text interface they had with the 4.1 version, but it looks a lot nicer in the 4.2 version. And I hope to see a lot of nice things from this game soon. So I suggest you check out High Descent. It's at highdescent.com. And register now. They've got about a 1,000 slots free on each server, so you'll have no problem getting in. If you want to get in on a new season, uh, I think the... Wiltshire server is restarting October 1st, and the Yorkshire server restarts on the 28th of October. So if you want to get in at the beginning, that's when you can do it. But I'd suggest you just go in there and play now and get a feel for it. And then when the server reset comes, or the season reset comes by, you can just, you know, start over, but you already know what you're doing. So. Have some fun playing High Descent, and I will talk to you later. I'd like to tack on a short addendum to the High Descent review. I didn't mention alliances. Alliances usually start at about rank 20, and you join into an alliance, and your entire alliance can attack another entire alliance, and all the mercenaries involved uh, attack each other. It's quite an interesting concept. You also get an experience bonus by being in an alliance. At the time of the review, I had just gotten to rank 20 and hadn't gotten into the alliances. I just got into one over the weekend, so I thought I'd tack that onto the review that alliances are uh, kind of interesting. You can do retaliations um, and a number of other nice features that I hadn't mentioned in the review. And it's a good way to be very social in the game. It, it gets you in, in, a, in a group, in an alliance. So I didn't mention alliances, and I just wanted to add that on. Go play the game, HighDescent.com. We hope you enjoyed today's online gaming podcast. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, please go to onlinegamingpodcast.blogspot.com or email kdivine at yahoo.com.